You're listening to Sarah Picking Entertainment. Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned into the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for downloading another episode of the Cherry Pickin' Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Cherry, and let's just dive right in, my friends. Week three, college football action. We had a fun Saturday, a lot of exciting games that took place, some crazy storylines within college football in week three. We'll try to dive into some of that on this episode. We'll also preview week four action. So without any further ado, let's just hop right in here. You know how we start this show off. I'm going to give you my top five locks for week four action. These are just top top five picks straight up within the Power Five conferences. In the ACC, I'm taking Syracuse over Virginia. And you got to give a lot of credit to Syracuse for taking care of business during the first few weeks of the season. Orange quarterback Garrett Schrader, he has looked good early on this season. He was tested, though, against Purdue this past weekend in week three. But was he was able to pull out a victory. His running back, Sean Tucker, is also a solid workhorse on the ground game there. So they've got a good little balance so far with this offense early in the early season. I mean, we're only talking three games into this season, but Syracuse has impressed me because Syracuse, as of recently, hasn't been a team that you can really count on to get those wins. But this season, they're undefeated 3-0. and They're handling the teams on its schedule early, which is great. Because if you take a look at the back half of the schedule, it is going to be tough. Getting another victory during the ACC run of its schedule is going to be extremely difficult. But I'm giving them a shot over over Virginia. They got a good, tough win last weekend against Purdue. But I expect this team to take care of Virginia and then Wagner the following week before they get into the thick part of their schedule. So if they can keep... Racking up these wins, Dino Babers can wipe that sweat off his brow because his team is undefeated right now, and I think they will be undefeated heading into ACC play. This team is in a good position to take care of its business, hopefully get one more win along the way to become bowl eligible, which would be a great story for Syracuse and Dino Babers. So I'm taking Syracuse over Virginia this week. In the Big Ten, I'm taking Ohio State over Wisconsin. And thus far in the early part of the season, Ohio State has looked well like Ohio State. I mean, they look like that juggernaut team from Columbus that we know and have seen these past few years. And this offense has reloaded. This offense has been scoring an average of 47.7 points and posting 556 yards per game. So Ohio State is just clicking right now, which is great. Wisconsin, if we look at the Badgers, they have run the ball well this season, which is nothing new up at Camp Randall. Wisconsin runs the ball very well, very effective. They've got a stable of running backs that they just seem to replace and replenish each season. Badgers running back Braylon Allen, he has 332 yards, which is in the top five of Big Ten running backs right now. So he is a top five rusher within the Big Ten Conference. And he's going to need to be a big factor in this game against Ohio State if Wisconsin expects to have a shot at opening up the offense and keeping the Buckeyes defense on its heels. 
Now, I would have given Wisconsin a better shot to win this game. This would have been one of those marquee matchups in Week 4 action. But they had a head-scratching loss against Washington State a couple weeks ago at home. So I don't like Wisconsin's chances in, in this game, even though I think they will be one of the more talented teams out of the Big Ten West this season. But if you look at the Big Ten East, they are loaded. There are teams from top to bottom that would whoop up on the Big Ten West teams this season. So I like Ohio State over Wisconsin. That That is my lock for the Big Ten. In the Big 12, I'm taking Kansas over Duke. It's been a long time since I've ever given a prediction in favor of Kansas on this podcast. I don't know if I've ever done that in the five years that I've been doing this podcast. But Kansas looks really good. I mean, they had a solid victory Last weekend against Houston, 48-30. to I mean, that's a that's a big, big-time score. Quarterback Jalen Daniels, he threw for 158 yards in that game against Houston. He had three touchdowns. He also rushed for 123 yards and had two scores on the ground to help Kansas improve to 3-0 for the first time since 2009, if you can believe it or not. So this Kansas offense is loaded. I mean, they're putting up points. Houston is a good team out of the American, or they, or they have been historically. Right now, they're one and two, so you really wouldn't you wouldn't get that impression from the record this season. But Houston has been a solid team for the last few years within the American Conference. So that's a great win for Kansas on the road. I think that this team is just ready for a change. The players that are on that program on that roster for Kansas are tired of being the laughing stock of the Big 12 and bigger than that college football. I mean, Kansas is synonymous with losing, but this season they've started off really red hot 3 and 0. In this Houston game on Saturday, they finished with 438 yards, including 280 yards rushing. I mean, this is a big time, those are big time stats coming from the Jayhawks. Rock chalk. The, the win for Kansas marks the first time that they've won back-to-back road games since 2007. So I mean that's that's a huge win for the for the program. The fact that they're 3 and 0 is is really surprising in in a good way. And so Kansas I think has got the momentum. I think they are going to be a team that is I don't know if they're going to be pushing for a bowl game this season, but if they do, I mean, that is hats off. I mean, they are well on their way. I think a win against Duke this weekend, 4-0, puts them in good position to try to maybe win two more games and and they can go to a bowl game. I mean, I'll pull up the schedule right now. Let's take a look here. So they've got Duke this upcoming weekend. After that, they've got Iowa State at home, TCU, Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas, then Kansas State. If they can beat Duke and possibly beat Iowa State, I mean, I know Iowa State is undefeated right now, but, I mean, looking at the schedule, that might be their best opportunity, possibly TCU uh, after the uh, Iowa State game, so that TCU game is on October 8th. Those are three games there that could be winnable. They could be winnable for Kansas, and we could be talking something crazy of them going to a bowl game this season. And then you've got... Kansas State at the at the last game of the season, um, Thanksgiving weekend. But if they can just handle 
this next week, this next game against Duke, put put them at four and zero. I mean, that's impressive. And Duke is no no slouch either. I mean, they're three and zero right now as well. But I think right now everyone is excited for the Jayhawks. And like I said, their stats that they just had in that Houston game were those are unreal stats. I mean, they were putting up some offense. So we we have not seen that from Kansas in quite a while. So anything is possible. And with that, I'm I'm telling you, my my pick this week in the Big 12 will be Kansas over Duke. Then in the Pac-12, I'm going to take USC over Oregon State. USC has looked like a a team that is re-inspired with the hiring of Lincoln Riley as the head coach. I mean, this team looks really good. They put up 45 points against Fresno State this past weekend to get the victory. They are 3-0. and Caleb Williams, the quarterback for the Trojans, showed off on Saturday. I mean, this dude put up some points. He threw for 284 yards. He had two touchdowns. He also ran for two more touchdowns on the ground. Travis Dye and Austin Jones, they each ran for more than 100 yards as the Trojans beat Fresno State 45-17. to So this offense is clicking. And we, we thought this offense would have the firepower with Lincoln Riley coming in, him being such a great offensive mind, Caleb Williams following him from Oklahoma. We thought that the tools would be, would be in place for USC to be competitive right away. Right away. This is an improvement from last season lackluster year for them for the Trojans that is uh, in 2021 2022 this team looks like they could be on the verge of potentially going to the college football playoffs if they can keep it together here yeah this is this is really good to see this offense clicking this way and in regards to Travis Dye and Austin Jones if you can believe it or not it's the first time since 2018 that USC has had a pair of running backs reach the century mark in a game so the Trojans had 233 rushing yards combined, and they also averaged 6.1 yards per carry. So that ground game, coupled with Caleb Williams through the air, I mean, this team is looking reminiscent of some of the great USC teams from, from recent memory. So if they can keep it together, they're going to be a team that you're going to have to pay attention to and quite possibly a team that will be in the playoffs this season. So I'm taking them over Oregon State. Then in the SEC, I'm taking Tennessee over the Florida Gators. The Volunteers are 3-0. They're ranked highly in the AP poll, which seems crazy for Tennessee. We haven't seen that in quite some time where they've been this dominant or looked this good early on in the season. You know, shout out to the Volunteers and that whole staff over there. This is the first time truly since Oklahoma in 2015 where Tennessee has sold out a non-conference game. So their game this past weekend, they sold that out completely. And it's been since 2015 since they've done that. The Volunteers will certainly have a sellout this weekend when the Florida Gators come into town, into Nayland Stadium. For back-to-back sellouts, that's a really impressive stat. Tennessee is a program that needs to get back. I mean, Tennessee has a lot of history, and I don't want to see Tennessee down for too long. But if this is the start of something special, where they're going to make that comeback and be competitive again out of the SEC. I would love to see it, honestly. If we look at the history between these two teams, Florida Gators and Tennessee Volunteers, the Gators have won 16 of the last 17 games in the series. This upcoming weekend might be their best shot, if I'm a Tennessee Volunteer fan, that they can stop that trend. Because that is one long trend. 16 of the last 17 games. Wow. 
During that 17-game stretch, Tennessee and Florida were both ranked only six times. The last time that that happened was in 2017 when number 23 Tennessee lost to number 24 Florida. So this week, I will take Tennessee. Um, I think that they've got some good momentum. College game day will be out there for that matchup. So I know the place will be hype. There will be a, a great atmosphere. And I'm taking Tennessee. So if we run that back one more time. In the ACC, I'm taking Syracuse over Virginia. In the Big Ten, Ohio State over Wisconsin. In the Big 12, Kansas over Duke. In the Pac-12, USC over Oregon State. And in the SEC, Tennessee over Florida. Now, if we look real quick at my college football prediction that I made in the preseason, I picked four teams that I thought would be at the college football playoffs at the end of the season. We had Alabama, Ohio State, NC State, and Iowa. So I'm just going to recap how they've done through this last week of the college football through week three. Alabama, Bama outscored UL Monroe 28-0 in the first quarter of the game en route to a 63-7 victory. Bama had 509 total yards in the win, but superstar quarterback Bryce Young did throw two interceptions in the game. So that's never a good thing. But Bama blew the brakes off of UL Monroe, so I don't know if it mattered all that much. The Tide get another easy opponent this week when Vandy arrives in Tuscaloosa, which will be a good final primer, a good little warm-up before facing its next three ranked opponents. So we have Arkansas on October 1st, followed by Texas A&M, and then on the road in Knoxville on October 15th. So you get one more little tune-up before it's really time to go and you're you're in the thick of the SEC schedule. Right now, Bama's sitting pretty. I like their chances to make to the playoffs, so there's nothing to worry about or fear for Alabama through the first three weeks of the season. Then we've got Ohio State. It was all offense, all the time for the Buckeyes in its matchup against the Toledo Rockets. Ohio State posted a whopping 763 total yards I'll say it again, 763 total yards of offense last Saturday against the Rockets, which included 281 rushing yards. Quarterback C.J. Stroud, he threw for five touchdowns, and three of his receivers caught balls for over 100 yards on the day. Damn. No one ever said offense would be an issue for this Ohio State team this season, and it's certainly looking that way. It's looking like the strength of this team this season, which is, I mean, very impressive, very, very well-tuned offense. And I think that they are going to just continue to roll here. I mean, that's that's insane. If we take a look at the defense real quick, they had a good day as well. They limited Toledo to only three scores. They had a, a touchdown each quarter with three sacks, and they had nine tackle for losses. So the defense was moving around. They were they were making some stops. They held the Toledo offense only three touchdowns, which is a win there. This week, the Buckeyes will get Wisconsin at home in the shoe. If you can believe it or not, the Badgers haven't beaten Ohio State in Columbus since the 2004 season. That was in high school, y'all. That was so long ago. Wisconsin is currently 0-8 against the Buckeyes dating back to 2011. So, yikes. History is not on their side. I honestly don't think that the Badgers have a shot in this game. I mentioned it in the in, earlier in the podcast. I mean, if Braylon, if Braylon Allen can help get that run game, make it per- productive, and open up the offense a little bit, 
they may have a shot of, of doing some things, but realistically, I don't give them much of a shot at all. So Ohio State will probably be okay through this next week of college football action, but nothing to worry about those two teams. The you know Blue Bloods, they're looking really well, and I think they will continue to roll on. We'll look at NC State. That's another team of mine that I thought would make it to the playoffs, my beloved Wolfpack. This last weekend, Wolfpack cornerback Aiden White, he had an electrifying 84-yard interception return for a touchdown in the team's 27-14 victory over Texas Tech. The defense stepped up big time to win this game for the Wolfpack. NC State finished with four sacks. They had four takeaways against the FBS's top passing offense, if you can believe that or not. So the defense came up like gangbusters. NC State, we know that much of the attention has been on quarterback Devin Leary during the preseason and, and you know leading up to uh, action here. But that defense is, is the area that we need to pay attention to because the defense returned 10 starters from a unit that ranked 14th in FBS in scoring defense at 19.7 points per game and 21st in total defense at 331.6 yards. And this defense carried the win as NC State managed only 270 total yards. So that offense has got to get on the same level with the defense if they're going to be legit force out of the Atlantic in the ACC this year. Because if they're not, I mean, there are some teams that are hungry. You know, Wake Forest is still there. Clemson is there. And it's looking like Florida State might be for real as well. So they got to they gotta get it going. This upcoming weekend, they do have another kind of uh, tune-up game or primer or warm up before the season really kicks into high gear. They've got UConn coming into town. So the Huskies will, you know, try to give it everything they've got. Um, I'm predicting NC State will win that matchup. But after that, Clemson is the team that is up next. And I'm, perhaps that'll be a college game day location if both of these teams are undefeated heading into week five action. So certainly something to, to look for and, and to watch out for. NC State survives another week, and they really gave me a scare. That first week against ECU just really, really knocked me off my game a little bit when it comes to NC State. You kind of hold your breath and wait till it's, you know, zeros each week to see, you know, if NC State won it and is still undefeated and still in the hunt for something big this season. They are, thankfully, and they live to see another day, and, and I think they'll get a good victory against UConn this weekend. And then my fourth team that I thought would make the playoffs this year, and don't don't call me crazy, but I thought the Iowa Hawkeyes would be that team that would make it to the playoffs this season. They have had quite the start to their season. The offense has not looked good at all. They barely squeak out a win against South Dakota State, 7-3. to They lost to Iowa State by three points. That was a 10-10. to seven game there's not a lot of optimism outside of iowa city if you are following that program i just thought that they would have a chance to make it to the big 10 championship game this year out of the big 10 west because i suspected that the big 10 west would be down this season they got a victory against nevada the nevada wolfpack came into town this past weekend where seemingly the hawkeyes woke up they posted a shutout on defense and the offense scored 27 points. That's a, a good encouraging sign that things are starting to warm up here for the Hawkeyes. I am slightly or cautiously optimistic that Iowa can figure it out 
and be one of those teams that can make it to the playoffs. But that was my prediction. So I'm going to go with it until it's it's not going to be a thing anymore. Iowa had a good game. I mean, they're 2-1 right now. Caleb Johnson, he rushed for 103 yards and two touchdowns. It was a crazy game if you followed that uh, Nevada-Iowa matchup because there were a series of lightning delays and uh, uh, game stoppages that caused this game to go way, way late. I'm talking like Pac-12 time. The game was delayed three times for three hours and 56 minutes, so almost four hours. The game started at 6.40 p.m. and it ended at 1.39 a.m. So my ass was well in bed, but I'm sure there were some fans that stuck around, watched that game. Iowa City is a, is a fun party school, uh, a fun football school. So I'm sure there were a lot of fans maybe still not, if not at the game, probably still watching at home or at the bars. But that's, that's crazy that it, it went that long. I mean, that's insane. With all that said, Iowa found a way to win. That was an impressive victory. 27 points they put up. Let's see if they can continue that trend this upcoming weekend when Rutgers is its next opponent. I, I would like Iowa's chances in that game. So Iowa survives another week, and for now they are still on my list of teams that I think will make it to the playoffs. So they've got an outside shot, but they're still alive. Even, even with one loss, I think there's still a lot of season to go, and anything is possible. So with that, we'll take a quick timeout. Don't go anywhere. This is the Cherry Picking Podcast, and we'll be right back. Hey guys, Mike here, a friend from the podcast of Chibli's Playground. It's a podcast about board games, pasta, and a whole lot of fun. You can find out about sweet new games that are coming out, sweet old games that have been out for a while, and the best favorites. Who knows? Someone might even get a golden hoodie. Matt, tell them where you can find them. Uh, you can find us at uh, Chibli's Podcast at Twitter and Instagram. And also, you can find us on uh, chibliesplayground.com. Wow, you guys nailed it. Good job, good job. Nailed it. I got an IMDb page, so. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. So, there's a few topics I wanted to dive into real quick. We got that crazy finish at Appalachian State. Did you see that? It was like a Hail Mary pass. The receiver caught it and ran free, pretty much, to the end zone to get the victory this past weekend against Troy. Appalachian State has had one crazy start to its season. I mean, you saw the the game that they barely lost to North Carolina. I mean, the score was, what, like 63 to 61 or something crazy like that. I mean, that's insane that the game got that high. And, and the fact that they lost it, I mean, they beat Texas A&M pretty convincingly last week. They get the victory against Troy. I mean, we, we could be talking about a true Cinderella in Appalachian State this season had they outlasted UNC, which would have been so, so sweet. As a North Carolina State fan, to see to see them lose to Appalachian State, a team that you know years ago had been an FCS team, and we know their history with beating ranked Michigan and ruining their season. Appalachian State had college game day on its campus this past weekend. So, I mean, the atmosphere was rocking the environment was insane i cannot imagine watching a game out there in boone north carolina i'm sure it was a lot of fun but appalachian state is the team that people are talking about the most i mean honestly appalachian state is just you hear about this team everywhere and the way they play and they get up for these games they're going to be a team that i hope 
is competitive and can run you know the rest of its schedule because who's to say if this team had been undefeated and had a fair crack at the playoffs who is to say that this team wouldn't beat a ranked opponent we've already seen them do it against Texas A&M we saw them almost beat UNC and I'm not saying UNC is a team that we got to you know be scared of or look out for this season but Appalachian State has proven time and time again that they get up for those games. Like they are one of the teams that if they are on your schedule, you got to be you got to be game planning really well to try to beat them because Appalachian State just has that extra motor or something. Like they just don't give up. They got a lot of heart, but they back it up. They got a lot of heart, but they back it up and they are a team that I'd be scared of legitimately. So they're no cupcake team that you schedule to try to get an easy victory. I mean, we saw case in point with Texas A&M. They lost $1.5 million to host this team. I mean, it just, all that, all that money went down the drain and you got an L. Appalachian State, they've been a great story this season for college football. I hope it continues. I hope they can continue winning and, and finding success, but great start to the season. And like I said, they are a team that we've talked about more frequently than anybody else this season. Eh, maybe Nebraska too, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> Florida State, they're 3-0, and which is unthinkable for me to, to think that they're actually 3-0. and That coming into the season, I, I don't know if I would have predicted for them to be 3-0 and at this point. And it's, it's pretty wild because FSU, the last time they were 3-0, and you have to go all the way back to 2015 when Jimbo Fisher was still the head coach of the program. The Knowles finished its season that year ranked number 14. So I'm not saying that this is any sort of pre-indication of what's to come. It is an encouraging sign to see Florida State winning again. I know they've got a long way to go, and they've got to kind of get back to that dominance that they used to have. I don't know if that's possible in, in this ACC, this in this generation. Clemson has really been that dominant team, but for a while, if you've been watching college football, you know Florida State was the program for a long time out of the ACC. So hoping that the Knowles can stay competitive 3 and 0. That's a great start. Great start for the program that has needed some better days in recent seasons. So we'll see if they can keep that going. We have Nebraska. They're really bad. So is Georgia Tech. I'm hearing folks online, all social media say that Jeff Collins he needs to go, that he's not the guy. It's looking like that might be the case because they got blown out this past weekend against Clemson. And it's, I don't know if they're going to be, I don't know what he needs to do to turn that around. I don't know if he's the guy to do that, but getting shut out to Clemson is not good. That that probably doesn't help your chances, but I, I'll be curious because, I mean, when that hire happened, a lot of people were high on Jeff Collins. They thought that was a good pairing. Georgia, uh, Georgia Tech and, and Jeff, but it just has not worked out. And for these coaching hires, like you have to give it time. You have to allow these coaches to come in, build their program up, recruit who they need to recruit, and just give them time to like work this. That's why when you look at Scott Frost in Nebraska, I mean, he had time. He had time to try to get it right. Nebraska had patience. And that's the thing that you need. You need a fan base that understands who they are in the moment, you need to have patience from the fans and, and the boosters and the school, the program. But ultimately, it did not work out for Nebraska. They're going to move forward and figure it out. 
I'm not saying Georgia Tech needs to do that right now, but it's getting pretty close to that time where they need to figure it out. I mean, because what, it's already been at least three seasons for Jeff Collins? I just, I don't know. I don't know if this guy can turn it around, but both of those programs look really bad. I liked how Nebraska started its game against Oklahoma this past weekend. They scored on the opening drive. The offense was moving, clicking. It, like, it looked like they were going to, we were going to be in for a good game against Oklahoma, but then things quickly unraveled from there, and they got blown out at home to the Sooners. Tough. It was a tough watch. I can't tell you that I stayed around to watch all of that game. I, I watched a good portion of the first half and turned away. But I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. This team at Nebraska, they need a proven winner at this point. I said Urban Meyer on my last podcast, and I know I've heard the rumors of it, and, and fans speculating and, and wanting that. I just want to clarify. I don't think that Urban is a good guy. I, I actually detest a lot of what he does and what he stands for. But if we're looking at college football and what he can do to a program and what he has done, that is a damn good hire if you can get him. If, he's, if he even wants to do it, I think he is a guy that could do it at Nebraska because of the fact that he's been in the Big Ten before, because of the fact that he has won at big programs, you know? Utah, Florida, Ohio State. I mean, this guy could do it, and if he could restore that roar in Nebraska, that's a big brand that needs to come back for college football and for the Big Ten's sake. I mean, damn. Since you got Nebraska, they haven't been what you thought they would be. I mean, they've been an afterthought, a laughingstock, and it's sad to see this blue blood program be so lackluster. So whoever they get, hope they can turn it around for my hope, for my sake. I hope that they leave current NC State head coach Dave Doran alone because I heard this past weekend on College Game Day that Dave Doran is a top candidate for the job. Dave has got some roots in the Midwest. Certainly we know he was at NIU. He's got ties to the Wisconsin Badgers as well. In my mind, I always thought he wanted to go to Wisconsin, you know, if that job ever opened up that maybe I would be a little worried as an NC State fan that he's going to go to Wisconsin but Nebraska isn't too far away and if he wants that job he certainly would be deserving of it for what he's done at NC State for what I think he's going to do at NC State this season and, and the heights that they're going to reach as a team but if I'm Dave Doran would I want the Nebraska job certainly they're going to throw a lot of money at Dave they throw a lot of resources. They've got, they've got the resources and the tools to to make it attractive. Rather, like they've got the tools to make it attractive for for any head coach. But that's a whole rebuild. And does Dave want to do that? Because I feel like he rebuilt NC State. Like he built it up. This team is clicking. The defense looks amazing. You've got some good offensive weapons there. Do you want to immediately leave the program that you're helping to build up to become a a contender for this season and hopefully in the near future to go to Nebraska to start over and build that up. I just, I don't see it for Dave, but you know, I don't know him and I don't know, you know, what he's thinking or, you know, what is attractive to him or what his goals are, but I would think he could reach whatever he wants to do at NC state and not leave to Nebraska. Like if you got those goals, let's get them done at NC state. Let's win together. As a, as a family, uh, but I would hate to see him go to Nebraska because it would break my heart right now. So I'm hoping whoever they get, it's a good fit. 
that the fans appreciate him and that he can win because this team is in need of a win and they need to turn that around quickly. And then another topic real quick I want to hit on that I under underestimated Penn State. I'm going to be for real. I did not think Penn State was for real. I didn't think that they would be legit because we've seen Penn State teams where we think that they're that they've got it, that they're clicking, and they just kind of under underperform. James Franklin, I, I like the guy, but in big game situations, he doesn't really he doesn't really pull it out. And they pulled it out against Auburn on the road in Auburn. I just did not think Penn State had a chance, and maybe that's my bias there, but I just thought Auburn. You know, being in the SEC and being at home, that that would be enough to beat Penn State. But that team looked hungry on Saturday. If you saw that defense, they were swarming the Auburn offense. Didn't give the quarterbacks any shot to get anything off. The quarterbacks were always running for their lives. I mean, that game was impressive. Penn State looked, that defense looked sick. Shout out to Manny Diaz because that dude has always been a defensive-minded coach. He's a great defensive coordinator, and it showed on Saturday when they beat the brakes off of Auburn. So I know that's another job that I'm hearing that might be vacated at the end of the season. Certainly a, a loss like that, an ugly loss to Penn State at home, doesn't help your chances to keep your job. But I give I got to give a shout-out to Penn State because they look legit. That Big Ten East, like I mentioned, they are not playing around. The Big Ten East is looking for real. For real this season. So, got to keep an eye out for that. Then we got Duke versus Kansas. I mentioned it before. Both teams are unbeaten. I mean, and there were a big contingent of college football fans who wanted College Game Day to broadcast from Lawrence, Kansas for this weekend's matchup. But I saw on Twitter they announced the show will be headed to Knoxville, Tennessee for the Volunteers versus Gator matchup. I think it would have been a great story if game day had been able to just go to Lawrence this weekend. I think that would have been great for the fan bases to have Duke in Kansas. Basketball schools, historically, as the college game day site, they they actually haven't been to Lawrence for football. They've been to Lawrence for basketball a number of times for the college game day basketball. Um, But they have never been to Lawrence for football. And, and even if we're looking at Tennessee, where they're going in Knoxville, they haven't been back there since 2016. So it's been a while for both of those programs. But I'm just thinking probably logistically, they they don't have time to drive all the way from Boone, North Carolina, across the country to Kansas. And then probably, they're, I, I would assume they're probably heading back to the East Coast for the Clemson versus NC State game, I would imagine, if both of those teams are still undefeated. I, I would think that that would be the spot to go to. I just think from a logistical standpoint, they just couldn't physically get the trucks all the way to Kansas and then turn right around. It's probably just, it's too much. And I'm, I'm sure as they're plotting this out and production is figuring out where they're going to go for the season, they've got a board where they're, you know, each week, this is where we're going to go. And so each week, the, the, tr- the trucks probably are going on some sort of path that makes sense for production. And so for the fact that they'd have to go from Boone to all the way to Kansas and then back to the East Coast, I would imagine, it probably just didn't make logistical sense. And so, unfortunately, Kansas misses out on having game day there. I think it would have been a great opportunity, a great moment. I think they should have gone there, but Knoxville versus Gators is the matchup they want to go to. So, I mean, it is what it is, I guess, but it is unfortunate that Duke and Kansas couldn't have gotten that. 
these teams are three and zero at the same time to start the season. Man, that would have been so fun. That would have been crazy. That would have been that would have been dope. But maybe another another time. So with that, I'm gonna get out of here. Did want to just tell you about some top four matchups that you should be on the lookout for this weekend. We got Clemson versus Wake Forest. Both these teams are undefeated. These are two opponents within the ACC Atlantic Division. So this is an important game for both of these teams. Wake Forest has been a team that surprised many folks last year at how good they were. Clemson surprised a lot of folks at how bad they were. And I say bad, even though they were 10-3. and So this is an important matchup to see who is for real out of the ACC Atlantic. This is an important game for the standings, certainly. And so I'll, I'll be glued to that. Duke versus Kansas, two unbeaten teams. We got Baylor versus Iowa State. Iowa State is undefeated. They're rolling right now this season. Baylor had a, a good finish to 2021. And this is an important game out of the out of the Big 12, certainly. So we'll see what happens there. We got Oregon, who played really well this past weekend against BYU, got the upset victory. They're, they're facing undefeated Washington State this weekend. Washington State, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast, they got an upset victory over the Wisconsin Badgers on the road. So solid victory for the, the Cougars. Then we got USC versus Oregon State. Two unbeaten teams there. That's an important matchup out of the Pac-12. Then we've got Florida versus Tennessee. And then we've got Arkansas versus Texas A&M, which is an, another important matchup. Curious to see what Texas A&M can do. Arkansas barely survived this past weekend. They got a scare. But Texas A&M, they beat Miami. I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought that we would be talking about a 1-2 Texas A&M squad, but they survived. And they've got a really important matchup, a really tough test against Arkansas this weekend. So there are some matchups here that will have my interest. There are some important games this weekend. We're getting into the start of the regular season of the college football or the conference games of college football this upcoming weekend. So week four action, we're already here. I'm excited. Hope you have a good seat on the couch for these games this weekend. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I appreciate it. Hope you have fun this weekend. Have a good week, and I can't wait to talk to you soon. Peace. Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com. And if you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.